Of course, it's perfectly fine to be optimistic with everything we've seen so far in New Orleans Saints training camp, but it's also okay to ask for a little bit more. We got all of that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, as well as take part in all of our exclusive film studies, Q&As, and much more, you can always head over to joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnSaints. I appreciate you, as always, for joining us. As always, I am your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola, on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media. You can find me as the senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the New Orleans Saints every Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday and then some on Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends over with eBay Motors. eBay Motors knows that a championship team is all about each player being the perfect fit and the same goes with your vehicle. So for the parts that fit, head over to ebaymotors.com to take a look at what you need for your vehicle and just look for that green check. Stay in the game with eBay guaranteed fit at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit available to only U.S. customers. Uh, Eligible items only and exclusions apply. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, John Gruden making a return to New Orleans Saints practice today. What does it mean and where could the potential offensive impact come in above, of course, everything else that we'll have to discuss around this uh, continued relationship between the New Orleans Saints and John Gruden. We're going to take a look at the wide receivers behind the big three. Who are the guys that are standing out most behind Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and Rashid Shahid? But first, who is ready to take the next step here in New Orleans Saints training camp? In yesterday's episode, we broke down the guys that have been surprises, the guys that have been kind of the camp stars so far, and Marshawn Lattimore, Rashid Shahid, for instance. But who are the guys that we're ready to take the next step? We want to see a little bit more from. So let's start off with a couple of folks that I've been asked about a lot and try to keep you updated with every day in our Rookie Watch, which you do in the third segment of every one of our morning episodes during the two-a-days, and it's second-round draft pick Isaiah Foskey, the edge rusher or edge defender out of Notre Dame. Now, we all got really excited about his sack numbers. He has the most career sacks of any, any Notre Dame player uh, throughout a sort of career with Notre Dame, if you will. But that's not what he's focusing on right now here in New Orleans. The Saints have him learning a new technique, which is heavily run-stopping for I. I've discussed it a bunch here on the show, so I won't bore you with the details again. But just know that they're asking him to be a little bit more of a run defender and prove what he can do against the run, as opposed to the things that they trust, believe, and know that he can do as a pass rusher. So that is a keen thing to pay attention to or a thing to be keen on is what's the expectation for Isaiah Foskey? And at what point does that expectation change where they say, okay, you've proved to us what you need to prove to us as a run stopper. Now go out there, pin your ears back and go up and try to get after the quarterback. When does that happen? 
and how does he respond to that? So I think that he's a guy that's ready to take the next step. I thought he's played well in the run game. I thought that he's played well as a run defender, but as a pass rusher, he's been kind of stalemating every now and then with these offensive tackles. So you'd like to see him be able to pin his ears back, get after the quarterback a little bit more and find some success in that role. So that's a big thing that we're going to be looking forward to throughout the rest of training camp is how much more do we get to see Isaiah Foskey, the Saints second round draft pick out of Notre Dame, become a little bit more of a pass rusher in that way. The next thing that we're going to be looking at about players that are ready to take the next step. Let's stay over on the defensive side and look at linebacker DeMarco Jackson. This isn't about him underperforming. This isn't about him being somebody that is less than we expected throughout training camp at all. This is all about, okay, can you take the next step now? He's been working a lot at the Mike position or the middle linebacker position. Think about what DeMario Davis does in the defense. That's kind of what he's been working as is kind of the backup DeMario, if you will. He has the green dot on the helmet, which is just the helmet that includes the communication device so that you can make checks and calls and communicate with the defenders until the communication device is shut down after a certain point on the play clock. But we've seen him do a whole mess of that. Now the next thing is, can you take the next step? Can you show what you can do in coverage? Can you, uh, you know, he's got, he had the first interception of camp off of a tip pass that ended up being a, a target to Rashid Shaheed that bobbled out of his hands and then DeMarco Jackson was able to come up with. Can we see a little bit more of that? Can we see a little bit more of him getting some work in coverage, working sideline to sideline and using a little bit of that uh, downhill speed as well, of course, in the run game as a run defender, especially as a linebacker. That's going to be his first priority is keying in on the run. But because of that middle linebacker role, it does mean that he has to play a little bit of off ball as well. So you just want to see him take continue to take steps forward. We've watched him take steps forward. Just want to see him continue to take steps forward for sure uh, heading into uh, the next few weeks. Over on the offensive side, it's offensive tackle Trevor Penning. This is the guy that we want to see everything from. And again, it's not that he's underperformed. It's not that he's looked bad or uncomfortable or anything like that. We're just ready to see him take the next step. Can he be that mauler that we know him to be in the passing, or excuse me, in the run blocking game, in the pass blocking game? Can he get in and out of those sets and, and make sure that he's there, present, ready to go, protecting his quarterback's blind side in Derek Carr and trying to keep him clean and working against these talented edge defenders that have been giving the offensive line some trouble here over the course of camp? Can he be the guy that kind of establishes the tenacity of the New Orleans Saints offensive line and bring that brand of football, sort of that violent brand of football that we all expect from him back into his game here in the Big Easy? And finally, when it comes to these uh, to the offensive side or sticking with the offensive side of the ball, I think the next player that you're looking for to see take their next step is wide receiver A.T. Perry, the rookie wide receiver out of Wake Forest. The Saints drafted in the sixth round when they traded uh, Adam Troutman, the tight end that they had formerly drafted. They traded him over to the Denver Broncos to get up and grab him. We've seen him start to build some confidence. He's winning in one-on-ones. He's making plays during team drills now. Let's see the contested catches. Let's see more consistent catches. You know, he had one practice a couple of days ago where he had three really, really nice uh, receptions that he brought in. Can we see more of those where he's stringing together those receptions and making big plays? That's the next big thing that you're looking for from A.T. Perry. And of course, those contested catches because of his size, you absolutely want to see him be that guy that can go up there and make those big plays and win those 50-50 balls and those jump balls and things like that. He should be a guy that the Saints look at and go, okay, he could help us out in the red zone. So go out there and prove that he'll be able to get the opportunity to do that. And he should get the chance to do that over the course of training camp when the Saints start doing some of those red zone drills. Number 17 should be out there and featured uh, with some real opportunities 
in those practices. All right, coming up next, we're going to take a look at those wide receivers. We ended on A.T. Perry there. Let's take a look at A.T. Perry, James Washington, Brian uh, Edwards, Traquan Smith, Keith Kirkwood, and the others that are behind the big three in Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and Rashid Shahid to see who are the two right now that I would put on the roster if I was if I had to do a 53-man roster today. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. August is here, which means the month of fantasy football drafts is underway, and there's no better place to get involved with your fantasy football tournaments this year than, of course, Best Ball Mania. It's the largest fantasy football tournament, and it is here and ready for you. Over $15 million in winnings, including an absurd $3 million going to the Winner. And don't forget, the winner actually drafted their team back in July last year. So you don't want to wait here on this. Best Ball is a great format, especially if you're a busy person and you're like me and you forget to set your lineup uh, after a certain point in the season. This one, if you got guys on the bench that outscore your starters, those bench players get counted in place of your starters. So it's great. You don't even have to set it, set it and forget it. And you ain't got to worry about it anymore. So go check them out today. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in your app store and use the promo code. Locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all caps, so that your first deposit gets doubled up to $100. That is underdog fantasy promo code locked on. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Behind the big three, who are the next receivers that I would put on the 53-man roster if I had to make that decision today? We're going to take a look at that here as we continue on with today's episode. Appreciate all you everydayers out there for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Appreciate you very much for all the support and for being here. We're back to two a days today after practice and some news. We'll have another episode, a live show tonight. So keep in mind that there's going to be some stuff that I'm not talking about here that we're going to talk about there. So you're going to want to make sure you're coming through for the live show later on today. That'll be on the Locked on Saints uh, YouTube page. If you can't catch it live, don't worry. As soon as I'm done, I get it uploaded to everywhere. So you're not going to miss a beat at all, even if you can't join the live show, but it is a lot of fun. So make sure you come through uh, if you can. All right. So let's take a look at these wide receivers behind the big three, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid, question mark, question mark, question mark. Who are the guys behind them? And here's what I'll say. Um, there are some clear standouts here early in camp, but I don't think they're going to remain the standouts once we reprise this conversation after the third preseason game and we're actually talking about roster cuts. So I'll tell you right now, if I had to make the decision at this moment to build a 53-man roster for the New Orleans Saints and I was allowed to keep five wide receivers and I've already got my top three, the two that I would be keeping right now are Traquan Smith and Keith Kirkwood. But I can almost guarantee that when we get to the end of August and we're rolling into September, getting ready for week one, I almost guarantee that answer is going to change. Let's discuss why. So right now, Traquan Smith and Keith Kirkwood, far and away the best wide receivers in New Orleans Saints training camp behind the big three. Why is that? Experience. Experience, familiarity with the system, comfort with Pete Carmichael, comfort with the New Orleans Saints offense, comfort with the scheme, comfort with all of it. That has really been their edge. And this happens all the time. You see this with veterans versus rookies in mini camps or in training camps where the veterans, the guys with the 
extra year or extra three years, or in some cases, extra 10, 12 years of experience are outperforming those who are here with one year or, or getting their first year of experience or whatever. And then eventually that gap begins to close to a certain extent based upon how those rookies settle in to the offense. And that goes for newcomers versus veterans that have been in the system for a while as well. It's not very different. Keith Kirkwood, as well as Trey Quan Smith, have been here in New Orleans for a while. Trey Quan Smith, a part of the uh, 2018 draft class, and then rolls in and has been here in New Orleans ever since, has never left. Keith Kirkwood has been here for a few years, had a cup of coffee with the Carolina Panthers, his old temple mate and Matt Rule. Now he's back here in New Orleans. Of course, those are the guys that are having the best training camps right now. But I don't think that that's going to remain, not because they're going to fall off, but because all of the newcomers, Brian Edwards, James uh, Washington, A.T. Perry, that those guys are all going to eventually start to close the gap. And I don't want to leave guys like Kawan Baker out of the conversation as well. Kawan Baker's made some big catches. Lynn Bowden's made some big catches down the field. Kiki Cootie's run some really good routes and has done some good work in the receiving game as well. But the latter, those latter two guys, also newcomers to this system. So how much do they begin to close the gap when they get a little bit more comfortable in the offense? And this is where the conversation around Brian Edwards gets really interesting because Brian Edwards was the guy that I sort of projected as being the fourth wide receiver on this roster, because although he doesn't have the familiarity with the New Orleans Saints offense, he's definitely got familiarity with the New Orleans Saints quarterback in Derek Carr. And so if there's any of these receivers that you feel like is really going to catch a rhythm here, it's going to be Brian Edwards because he's worked with the quarterback before. So he's really the biggest name that I'm watching outside of Trey Quan Smith and Keith Kirkwood to see if maybe they end up keeping the distance across from from those other guys and look just a couple of days ago I did an episode in a segment in an episode where I was entertaining the idea that hey with all of the wide receiver issues that the Denver Broncos are having right now would it make sense to call up old buddy Sean and say hey we got a couple of guys that you're very familiar with you've already got Marquez Callaway you've already got little Jordan Humphrey over there could we interest you in a Trey Quan Smith could we interest you in a Keith Kirkwood so that you get a guy that you're familiar with over there and I think at a certain point that could potentially be of interest to Sean Payton. And so I, I don't want to rule that out and I don't want to like backtrack on that. But what I will say is that Trey Quan Smith and Keith Kirkwood have been really impressive. And maybe that impressiveness that we've seen from them with their comfortability, their familiarity, their ability to be able to operate within this offense already coming into this offseason, maybe that's what raises that trade value actually in terms of what that ends up being. Maybe instead of that being a seventh round pick, that's a sixth round, sixth round pick. Or maybe instead of that being a pick for next year, it's a pick for this upcoming draft or something like that. So I do think that there is value in all of that, but I am very interested to see James Washington, Brian Edwards, Kiki Cody, um, uh, Lynn Bowden, A.T. Perry, the kind of newcomers to this wide receiver room, Shaq Davis, who's had some you know, highlight moments as well here throughout camp. I'm very interested to see how quickly, if at all, they're able to start to close the gap here that Traquan Smith and Keith Kirkwood have opened up. Because I do think that, look, there are a couple of different factors that you're going to want to factor in, in terms of having guys behind your most talented wide receivers. You're going to want guys that are familiar with your system. You're going to want guys that are um, you know, athletic and that are going to be able to make plays all over. You're going to want guys that are versatile, guys that can block, that can be perimeter blockers, that can contribute in special teams, that can pass catch, that can run block, that can do all these other things. And a lot of those guys, James Washington prides himself as a blocker. Brian Edwards has been an outstanding blocker here throughout camp, as well as 
you know, get having that connection with Derek Carr. So I do think that there are guys that are going to be able to prove that, hey, look, I can do all of these things that you see some of these other guys doing as well, but my connection with the quarterback is stronger or my value in offense is, is larger or whatever it is. That's the extra piece that they'll need to prove here moving forward. So the time's ticking. Time's ticking. Don't let Traquan and Keith run away from uh, run away with uh, these opportunities here. And so we'll see if uh, the newcomers are able to start to close that gap and maybe even maybe even gain enough ground that they are seen as the front runner uh, for that wide receiver four, wide receiver five spot. All right, y'all, coming up next, we're taking a look at the newest news. Uh, Jeff Duncan over at NOLA.com sharing that John Gruden is on his way back to New Orleans to be present at Friday's camp. What does that mean for the New Orleans Saints? Let's break it down as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Put a Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with the big news going into Friday uh, is that John Gruden, who visited with the New Orleans Saints before the season began or before the before training camp began, uh, is going to be back here in New Orleans and he's going to be present at Friday's practice, continuing his sort of advisory role that he uh, that he served during, I believe it was OTAs when he was there for those couple of days. Uh, and so this is the New Orleans Saints effort to con- or continued effort to make Derek Carr as comfortable as possible here in the New Orleans Saints offense. And I think that's your biggest takeaway, aside from, of course, all of the optics that are going to be around this. We saw the response when folks, you know, saw that, you know, John Gruden was back in the NFL coaching ranks, quote unquote, loosely back in the NFL coaching ranks um, and how that impacted, you know, uh, or, or, or the, the impact that that had on people that were outside watching based upon you know, look, John Gruden effectively had to resign in disgrace based upon those emails and all this stuff that was leaked and everything. And I know that it was seven years ago, but he still did it. And so like, there's, there's something here, but I do think that there is something also here when it comes to the football side of this. And that's what the New Orleans Saints are going to be worried about. They're not worried about controversy. They couldn't care less about that. What, what, what do they want to do? They want to win games. And so if we look at it through that lens, the way that the New Orleans Saints are going to look at it, which isn't like my personal lens, but just as a professional, if you're looking at this from the football lens, it's clear to see how this ends up having an impact. Again, I don't think that having John Gruden around for three days in OTAs and a day in training camp is going to be something that we look back on in, you know, at the end of 2023, in February, January, February, and say, man, thank goodness they brought John Gruden in. I still don't think that that's going to be the case. But hey, if you're wanting to do something that's going to make your quarterback comfortable, Go out there and bring in the guy that has effectively been one of his, one of Derek Carr's favorite people to ever work with. I mean, he told us straight up during his, one of his, uh, during one of his pressers during OTAs in minicamp that he felt that he had some of his best years and played some of his best football under John Gruden. And so what do the New Orleans Saints do? They go and grab John Gruden. They bring him here to New Orleans and they say, here you go. That guy that you said is the person that got the best out of you, he's here and we want the best out of you. Here we are proving that to you. And I think that that's the mentality of the New Orleans Saints when they do something like this. So we have to at least acknowledge that uh, regardless of what maybe the personal side of it might feel like. We have to acknowledge that this is what the New Orleans Saints are after. The other piece of it too is, look, this, this system that the New Orleans Saints run has just as much John Gruden in it as it has Sean Payton in it. Like they both came from the same school of thought. They both came from the same t- coaching trees and or, or coaching experience. They coached together in Philadelphia with Andy Reid and all this other stuff. And so, yeah, it makes perfect sense that you would go, you can't bring Sean in. He's a little busy. You're not going to bring Drew in because Drew has no interest in coaching, it seems. 
And so who do you bring in? You bring in a guy that is also an architect of an offense that is very much like yours, that your quarterback has played in before, that has a lot of the same familiarities for a lot of the guys that are showing some of that overlap, like Brian Edwards, like Foster Moreau and others, and then say, here you go. Here's somebody that can help help you translate the language. Here's somebody that can help you break down the plays. Here's somebody that can bring some new plays to the New Orleans Saints offense. And, and I think that there is value in that. Uh, what we've seen from the New Orleans Saints over the course of the training camp series, or, or period at least, is a lot of motion. Um, we've seen some of that split zone release out of the backfield for the, for the tight ends. We've seen screens to the running backs. We've seen screens to the tight ends and the wide receivers. So we've seen a lot more of sort of the familiar offense that we're used to seeing here in New Orleans, the Drew Brees-led offense that utilized all of those little pieces and using the short passing game as an extension of the run game and all these other things. We've watched over the course of seven practices now, the Saints incorporate more and more and more of that into their process and back into their offense, which is very different than what we've seen over the course of the past couple of years. They're dedicating entire sections of their practice to play action team drills and working on all these other things. Play action was another one of those things that kind of fell out of the playbook over the course of the past few years. And really, you can kind of go back to the past handful of years for that. The, uh, you know, the seven-step drops, the, the deep drop uh, play actions, things like that. All that stuff is back in this New Orleans Saints offense. And somebody that is a really good architect with all of those little moving pieces and how to be able to capitalize on that and how to set this up so that you can counterpunch later, how to create tendencies so that you can break those tendencies in 10 weeks. Those are the things that John Gruden does well. And so I think that's what the New Orleans Saints are trying to get back into their kind of workflow, back into their offense, back into their vocabulary, back to their language for this offense to be successful. And they want to do it with a guy that they've been able to find um, that that the at least their quarterback has been able to find success with in the past and then bringing them back together definitely allows them to be able to do that. So expect the New Orleans Saints to bring in some Raiders stuff, to bring it to the Raiders stuff that they like, not the not, the not so good stuff. Um, expect them to you know utilize what we've watched them utilize here over the course of the past couple of years, but then expect them to bring some of the stuff from 2013, 2011, 2009, and bring some of that stuff back to this offense, the stuff that's kind of fallen off a little bit over the course of the past couple of years. Here's the other thing that it can be. This could be Dennis Allen's version of Sean Payton's version of standing up for his quarterback. This could be a situation just like Sean Payton going off on Nathaniel Hackett after Nathaniel Hackett basically publicly said, hey, everything that happened in Denver wasn't my fault. It was the player's fault. And so he stood up and kind of took the brunt and you know showed his quarterback some support. This could be Dennis Allen's version of that, of, hey, we don't care about all that because we're willing to do this for our quarterback. Or not that we don't care about it, but that kind of stuff, even though it's there, even though we know it, even though we understand it, even though we hear it, even though we see it, even though we read it, it's not going to stop us from doing what we think is right for our quarterback and what we think will help us and help you win games. All right, so we'll be live later on today, uh, likely in the late afternoon. We've kind of been hitting around like 5, 5.30, 6 o'clock Central Time, uh, but we'll go live to get you all caught up on everything from practice. So we'll get through all of that uh, here on Locked on Saints. Appreciate you as always, y'all. You everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. And of course, thank you for making us a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. 
As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're moming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holler at you.